Welcome to another edition of the Brattlecast, one of my favorite places to be. I'm Jordan Rich, and with me, of course, is the proprietor of the famous Brattle Bookshop in Boston. It's an institution, and the man who runs it and loves getting there early and probably earlier than anybody in the city is Ken Gloss, my good friend and and colleague on this wonderful podcast. And Ken... Uh, we'll, we'll sort of put a date stamp on today's podcast. We're recording in uh, early to mid-October, and we're getting ready in Boston for the 44th International Antiquarian Boston Book Fair at the Heinz Convention Center, November 11th through the 13th, I should say. And the reason we mention it is because it's back after, what, two years? Well, we missed it for COVID, right? and we really missed it. Uh, one of the great things about shows like that are, you know, you have 100 – plus 110 dealers come in from all over the country, all over the world. You also have collectors coming in, and everybody sets up, and they, of course, want to show themselves off in the in the best way they can. So that's great for maybe a new collector, maybe somebody who isn't familiar, because you can walk from booth to booth to booth and see amazing things, and you really don't – you can buy everything if you want – but you don't have to buy anything. Or what I like to say is you might go in there and say, I really like old children's books. But by the time you leave, you go, gee, letters of this person or <laughs> uh, books on space travel or whatever. And I brought along a few things too that sort of, sort of show the type we bring. But it's sort of everything I put in here is just a touching the surface. Well, you told me you have uh, a double-sized or double-wide booth exhibit area because you like to stretch out and have a lot to show. Well, not only do we like to have a lot to show, but because we're local and people stop in and they say hello, a regular booth is good size. But if two or three or four people are there, other people don't want to feel like they're pushing them out. So we get a double-sized one so everybody's comfortable and can it, browse as long as they Before want. we talk about some of the things just – little sampling of what you're going to be bringing. It's the International Book Festival. So there are literally the – it's the United Nations, right, in terms of where people are coming in from? There are a lot of people coming in from Canada, from London, from Great Britain. Uh, there are some from uh, Europe, a few from uh, – well, there, this year there won't be. There were a number that came in from Russia – and the states, but they're, between COVID and what's going on politically, I think they're avoiding the traveling right, for that. Right. Uh, a few from South America, possibly. and But it's still – and I think this is with working in offices and so on. You can do a lot of this by pictures, by Zoom, by FaceTime, uh, but actually saying – hey, let's have a cup of coffee. Let's sit down. What did you just get in? Or, you know, I'm interested in this, but... And and someone can explain it more and go into more detail. But the other thing is, you can go there, and there'll be people who are interested uh, dealing in first editions and all of these sciences and prints and beautiful books. And you can say, you know, I actually get along better with this person then I do that. They both might be perfectly good. They both, both might carry the same general type of stock, 
but you want to deal with somebody you it, it's a, you it's just a people like. business. It's a people business, yeah. absolutely. Um, it's why getting back to going to uh, bookstores for readings and author signing sessions is so much fun, and people love that and have missed it. They really have. Oh, absolutely. And, and a lot of, from a dealer's point of view, we get to see a lot of our colleagues who we've still been in touch with, we knew well, but you get to see them again. And there are still newer, younger, some of them not as young, just coming into the business that they sort of know us, we sort of know them. But again, mm. maybe you go out to dinner. Maybe they come into the booth and introduce themselves and you go, you're so-and-so? And uh, that's where the in-person and face-to-face really come in. Well, let me just give the site, bostonbookfair.com. Needless to say, the brattle will be very much in evidence with some great things. And we're just going to get a little tease here as to what you might Well, the see. other thing I'll say is it's a Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Friday mm-hmm. night, there's uh, an admission fee, I think, of $15. Although if people get in touch with me, I probably have some passes Saturday and Sunday is purposely free entry, free entrance. Uh, And that was actually one of my daughter's ideas. And she said, you know, Dad, a lot of times I'll come in town. and Well, she's in her mid-30s now, but this was five, ten years ago. And we're going to go to a movie. We're going to go out to dinner. She said, I would love to go to the book fair at 3.30, 4 in the afternoon. But it closes at 6 or 7. And I don't want to pay if there were two or three or four of us, fifteen, thirty, sixty dollars to go to the book show. Now mm-hmm. she gets in free, so. Uh, but <laughs> right. but but she said I won't go to a show like that and spend that kind of money for an hour or two. Mm-hmm. So I said, well, this is a simple solution. Why don't we figure out and make Saturday and Sunday free? That way people can stop in. You raised a wise woman. <laughs> yes. She's a wise woman. <laughs> so in any case, and even if they, again, don't buy anything but just get to look. And some sometimes what you see is great. Sometimes the prices are sort of a little wild. Uh, one of the things you were noticing, I brought in a uh, a very hungry caterpillar. Actually, I'm hungry now too, but that's <laughs> by Eric Cowell. I mean, it's a nice children's book. I, well, we had books. a version of that, a copy of that. Well, this is the first edition. Oh, boy. And it's about a $5,000 book. I didn't have that one. <laughs> well, or if you did, you didn't know it. Didn't know it. Yeah. But even something, you know, people think of rare books and old books and collectible as being old. That things like Harry Potter, uh, Eric Carl, um, where the wild things are. Oh, sure. You know, because what you what you realize, people collect what was their generation when they were growing up, and the people who read this when they were fir- when it first came out, or Harry Potter. Now, many of them are well into careers, doing well in collecting, and this is what brings back their childhood. It's bringing it back right now for me. I read this yeah. book constantly to my kids. And probably have uh, not a first edition to read to my grandkids well, as well. But I love it. That's beautiful. So this is just one example. This is a $5,000 uh, value. Uh, right. But the thing is, when you were saying you read to your kids, one of the most enjoyable things I did with my kids growing up is reading to them at night. And one of the most disappointing things was this brilliant daughter we were just talking about. When she was 12 years old, she finally said, Dad, 
enough. Uh, yeah. But she was 12 years old. Yeah, that's true. You have to you have to let the birds fly from the nest a little bit, a little bit early. Well, here's one. Also. Here's something else. What uh, is this? Someone turning down a, a dinner invitation, but uh, uh, that some someone is a rather well known name. May I just read uh, a little sure. bit? Sure. Um, dear Mr. I think it was Leon Layman. Layman. Many thanks for your letter of recent date inviting me to attend a dinner for Senator Herbert Lehman oh, on was, May 14th, yeah. whatever. I certainly appreciate your writing me and would very much like to be with you, but unfortunately I have a previous commitment outside of Boston that evening. And therefore, let me do the rest of it in his voice. And therefore, it'll be impossible for me to accept your very kind invitation. I regret this very much as I have a very uh, uh, high regard for Senator Lehman, and I do appreciate your thinking of me with every good wish. Come on, say Jack, it. Jack Kennedy. Jack <laughs> that was Kennedy. my impression. <laughs> oh, it was, it was fine. <laughs> Not bad. That is awesome. Look at that. Signed by the man himself in his own, in his own hand. Well, handwriting. one of the nice things about this is this is a senatorial letter. It was uh, 1957. And what you have to be very careful of with Kennedy letters, he had loads and loads of secretaries signing the letters. And they could do his handwriting really well. But whenever you get like an extra little paragraph of handwriting, that's always his handwriting. Mm-hmm. So the authentication process isn't a problem. That's a beautiful uh, piece of history right there. Well, and then you get into something that's um, a little bit more recent and very much in the news uh, in a way. Well, uh, well, well. Let me take a look at this. Women... And Their Bodies, a course, it's a paperback by Boston Women's Health Collective, 75 cents is what is listed on the front cover. And this, of course, must come from the Roe versus Wade well, what era. The, well, this is – what this is, um, there's a very famous book, Our Bodies, Ourselves. Yes. This is the first edition. Oh, wow. This is the first edition. I did not realize that. Yeah, and wow. this was how it was first put out. And of course, with now with Roe versus Wade, and it's sort of an icon in uh, the women's movement. Mm. And we got this, and we're going to have that at the fair. On and on. Um, I I mentioned this once to you, and I said I'd bring it in, but we're going to have this at the fair too. Oh this, yes, this is describe a that. This, well, it's hard to describe. It's circular. <laughs> yeah. It's writing all around the circles, and then there's little preparations of hearts. It is a handmade valentine that a soldier sent during the Civil War. Uh, now, there's one heart missing, uh, but uh, it, it tells where he is, how much he's missing. But it's a valentine, but oh, it's handmade. Beautiful. It's a piece of folk art, and we'll bring that. Uh, I can... I can go on and on. There's, uh, oh, <laughs> this this is, uh, well, you're talking Kennedy. Here we have a book signed by Ralph Waldo Emerson. May I? Thank you yep. very much. I'm holding something very, very precious here. Wow. A book signed by Ralph Waldo Emerson. Yeah. And here it is. May 1867. Yeah. Beautiful, beautiful handwriting too. Wow. 
So this is one of his books called one May Day book, and yeah. Other Pieces of Poetry and so forth. Wow. And then we have Specimen Days here, uh, signed by Walt Whitman. Oh, <laughs> not to be outdone. <laughs> not to be outdone. You've got the greats, the masters, absolutely. Look at that, Walt Whitman. Uh, he looks like he signed it with a pencil. Well, it was actually almost a crayon. It looks like a crayon. Yeah, yeah. and uh, wow. we did some uh, searching on that and found out he did sign things with that type of marker. And it's February 28, 1887. Right. And the condition is excellent, by the way. And, and if one, you ask me. yeah, and one of the things at the book show we do, I mean, you tend when you talk about it, bring a lot of these sort of high-priced, expensive items. But uh, we also have a whole shelf of what they call discovery, which are items under $100. We'll bring a lot in the $25, $30 range because people like to go to a show and they don't like to get priced out. But we just bought a collection in Connecticut of 20,000 books. We're still moving them. I'm Mm -hmm. still in the process. Mm -hmm. But a lot of them were signed by people like uh, Umberto Eco, uh, Salman Rushdie. His might be a little higher, but just whoever this person who owned the books, because we only met his husband, uh, must have had this passion about going and getting books signed. We were just and, uh, alluding to the bookstores yeah. having signatures. That's a person who was very religious about it. And uh, he I, loved I, it. I, it, it's, it. It's a little self-serving, but in my uh, work on radio, I met so many authors and used to have them sign the books. And I never thought about it, um, but I had probably 600, and I donated it to a, a library nearby. Well, I should have called, should have uh, called you first. <laughs> yeah, but the library gets— No, they, it, I felt good about and that. And then you get books that we're going to bring that just are on unusual subjects. And we like doing that, but— Let me take a look at the subject. Universal Directory for— Taking alive and destroying rats and all other kinds of four-footed and winged vermin in a method hitherto unattempted. Wow. By Robert Smith, rat catcher to the Princess Amelia of London. Look at the date on it. Uh, The date, 1771. They they were trying to make a better mouse and rat trap then, too. (laughs) Um, Somewhere there's a chapter about the Pied Piper, I'm sure, in here. So so this this is a— these are are these just bizarre things that people are attracted to. Well, How could they not be? Right. Well, when you think about something like um, rats and how, if you're studying, really studying how people lived, what the problems were, what the what the they were doing, what type of science they had, actually extermination is a very uh, interesting item. So, what I, but what I was trying to show in doing all of bringing the things is. You go from Eric Carl and Caterpillars. You go to sign books, letters of Kennedy. Uh, so, so you're in a sense curating your exhibit for this show. You're preparing all of this, knowing that there's a nice variety in the kinds of things you can talk about. Well, what, what from our point of view, what we're trying to do is bring things, hopefully, that will sell, that will get attention, that will get people to remember us, uh, but also... If people see these type of things and and they go, wow, we have one at home or we have a collection like that at home, maybe they'll call us on that too. I think it's a brilliant idea. Why don't people 
check this website. And I know that our podcast will live forever. So uh, even though it's this year, there'll be one next year and the year after that and the year after that, bostonbookfair.com. But most importantly, uh, gravitate towards the Brattle Bookshop uh, exhibit. You're going to have a great time. And if anyone has any questions or whatever about it, you can always get in touch with us by calling or emailing directly to us. And we'll be happy. The problem will to get me to stop talking about it. <laughs> it's brattlebookshop.com where you can get the contact information anytime. Ken, have a great show. I will pop in and uh, browse myself. I'm, Thank I'm you. excited. Thank you. And I'm excited about the fact that we can finally oh. say we're going to have a show. Muzzle tough. <laughs>